This is JimPinto.com e-news number 326, the 29th of May 2014. This e-news is read by Jim's text-to-speech robot, Mac Jimbo. As usual, there are five items and three feedbacks in this issue of e-news. Item 1. Age of Big Data. The term, Big Data, was coined in 2008 and caught on quickly as a blanket term for a collection of datasets so large and complex that it becomes difficult to process using traditional data processing applications. Big Data is being generated by everything around us at all times. Every digital process and social media exchange produces it. Systems, sensors and mobile devices transmit it. Big data arrives from multiple sources at high speed, huge volume and variety. McKinsey Research reports that big data is now an important factor of production, along with labor and capital. By 2009, every company with more than 1,000 employees in nearly all sectors in the U.S. economy already had an average of 200 terabytes of stored data per company. The use of big data will become a key basis of competition and growth. Every company needs to take big data seriously. McKinsey predicts that there will be a shortage of talent necessary for organizations to take advantage of big data. Several issues will have to be addressed to capture the full potential of big data. Policies related to privacy, security, intellectual property, and even liability will need to be addressed in a big data world. Organizations need not only to put the right talent and technology in place but also structure workflows and incentives to optimize the use of big data. Item 2. Worker pay slumps, CEO pay jumps. Most thinking Americans now foresee a dismal, declining future for this country's working middle class. Previous generations always had the prospect of upward mobility. But today, other than the very rich, working Americans are struggling for the economic growth that was normal and had become accepted in this land of opportunity over the past century. This deep-seated social change raises a profound dilemma. Either business must find ways to expand economic opportunity or income distribution will emerge. Surveying the gross inequalities, one journalist recently asked, are the bread riots finally coming? The Economic Policy Institute expects that by 2020, 30% of American workers will hold low-wage jobs that would put them below the poverty level. The combination of high debt and low wages means that some people may have to work until their early 70s. In the meantime, last year chief executives of the nation's largest companies earned an average of $12.3 million in total pay, 354 times more than the typical American worker. Many businesses are hoarding cash rather than distributing income downwards. If America really wants to confront its growing class divide, it needs to generate broad-based economic growth, rather than simply feathering the nest of the already rich, privileged and well-connected. Item 3. Should the middle class abandon the American dream? 
The New York Times recently reported that the American middle class can no longer call itself the richest in the world, while the wealthiest Americans are outpacing many of their global peers across the lower and middle income tiers. Citizens of other advanced countries have received considerably larger raises over the last three decades. America's poorest citizens now lag behind their European counterparts. The long-standing American ideal was, if you work hard anything is possible. But today, the opportunity for social advancement feels increasingly out of reach for more and more people, and for their children. The distressing trend in the U.S. today is that those in their 20s and 30s are less likely to have a high school diploma than those in their 50s. Still, by die-hard habit, America swaggers along on the world stage with a certainty and sense of moral purpose that no other country can match. The prolific writer Joel Kotkin suggests that sparking economic growth presents a challenge. It requires a shift in priorities. It is not enough merely to blame the so-called 1%, but to shift the benefits of growth away from the current narrow finance and high-tech sectors, and more towards a broad array of productive enterprise. The American economy's capacity for renewal remains much greater than widely believed. Rather than a permanent condition of slow growth, the U.S. could be on the cusp of another period of broad-based expansion. If America really wants to confront its growing class divide, it needs to spark such broad-based economic growth, rather than simply feathering the nest of the already rich, privileged and well-connected. Item 4 Book, Capital in the 21st Century, Thomas Piketty. An economics book seems to have captivated America's Main Street, Wall Street and Washington's trend-minded policymakers overnight. Capital in the 21st Century by 43-year-old French economist Thomas Piketty recently hit number one on the Amazon bestseller list. The 685-page tome analyzes hundreds of years of tax records from the U.S., France, U.K., Germany and Japan to prove a simple idea, the rich really are getting richer. Their wealth does not trickle down, it trickles up. Piketty believes that without major tax policy reform, the inequality gap can only widen, and there's a strong possibility that some kind of global revolution will come even if it's just a revolution in how wealth is considered. The title that clearly reflects Karl Marx's Das Capital and some of Piketty's proposals certainly seem Marxist, such as an 80% tax on incomes over $500,000 and an annual 10% wealth tax for large fortunes. Some influential thinkers believe that a wealth tax is inevitable in the rich countries whose governments are increasingly going broke. If properly structured, low rates with no loopholes, a U.S. wealth tax, combined with much lower personal and corporate income tax rates would likely stimulate a growth boom. The runaway success of Thomas Piketty's book shows that the wealth tax is generating serious attention. Item 5 7 Billion Others during a visit to Brazil about three years ago, we saw an exhibit at the San Paulo Museum of Art. We entered a large room where we were surrounded by video mosaic displays featured on four enormous screens, about 50 feet by 30 feet, with hundreds of faces of people from different countries, with different appearance and dress, all speaking silently.
Then one of the videos gets larger and you hear that person talk in their own language, with text below so anyone could follow. It is a moving experience to follow the video testimonies of 6,000 people as each person is asked, there are 6 billion of us on planet Earth. What message would you like to share with the others? The project, launched in 2003, is now 7 billion others. As I was writing this, the 7 billion others website showed that there were 7,235,545,943 humans on Earth. These are questions that have always been asked by humanity everywhere. Here are some of the questions. It's a good exercise for yourself to review the questions and reflect on your own answers. What is your first memory? What were your childhood dreams? Are you happy? What is your greatest joy? What is your greatest fear? What did you learn from your parents? What do you want to pass on to your children? Have you suffered from discrimination? What angers you the most? In your opinion, what is war? What do you think happens after death? Look at some of the web links I've provided and reflect on your own answers. As usual, there were three feedbacks in this issue of eNews. Feedback 1. Chris Keen posted this on Facebook after reading my comments on selfish capitalism. Chris is American and he writes, I think for all practical purposes the U.S. has become an oligarchy and corporatocracy. Only politicians who pay homage to big money can afford to run for office. So for all practical purposes our votes are meaningless. We are run by money changers who produce nothing. I have worked in Europe and Canada and I do not think much of the U.S. I'm sorry that my exposure to other countries was so late in my career. I would have emigrated either to Canada or Europe had I been able to make the comparison in my 20s. Outside of revolution I see no way to take back the power that rightfully belongs to the American people. The really sad thing is that Americans really did have the power, should they have chosen to use it. But they did not and yet they still complain about the results. Most people do not even know the name of their congressman. Our political system is bought, packaged and controlled by a very small percentage of the ultra-wealthy who have loyalty to no country. The children of the wealthy do not serve in the military, yet their families control our country. They end up sending the children of the poor and middle class to die on battlefields to protect their power and privilege. Feedback 2 David Goodman has a different opinion on whether Edward Snowden is to be admired or despised. He writes, Some people substitute opinions for experiences. They have opinions about everything and experience little except dubious information sources. From these people come opinions about the wrongness of Snowden's actions. Well, the people who experience the loss of loved ones or children converted into bits of flesh deposited on dirt after drones, cruise missiles and night grenade attacks would disagree. I find that many of those who support cold-blooded murder without hope for trial and judicial decision usually are investors in stocks and drive expensive cars, as opposed to the victims that Snowden was attempting to protect via his disclosures. Feedback 3 
Dave Webster has a bright idea for the use of Google Glass in Amazon warehouses, says Dave. I saw a tech program on the TV the other day which gave a different approach to Google Glasses. Here's how it worked. If you were a new employee, say in a huge Amazon-type workplace, you would be handed a pair of Google Glasses as part of the tools for the job. You could hop on a forklift or walk, and the glasses would guide you to the exact location of an item, even pointing to the area that it was on the shelf where the item was stored. No need to know where anything is anymore. No need to have months or years' experience in knowing where things were. This makes it far more efficient for the product pickers. I don't suppose it will be long before this type of technology is embraced by mainstream Amazon-type companies. Well, that's this issue of E News. Please send us your feedback. Send your email to Jim at jimpinto.com. Thank you for listening.